Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hey friends, it's me, your constant, Nick, the host of Nick's Nerd News, which is the show you're listening to right now. And what I'd like to say is nothing. <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's, uh, let's focus on the future. As always, like and subscribe to my show. No. Here at Nick's Nerd News, we go with the flow. You want to listen? Listen. You don't? You don't. You want to give it to your friends? Give it to your friends. Otherwise... Who cares? I'm doing this for me. So you can hear me talk. So in essence, I'm doing it for me and for you. You, you, know, what I, you know what I mean? I guess. Anyway, let's get into what we're all here for. And that's to talk about the news. The nerd news of things. And as always, let's talk about video games, shall we? And the biggest news of the week was that Microsoft had uh, their first, what I guess, inside Xbox since all of this started. Anyway, it's also part of their new Xbox 2020 initiative where they kind of want to just be open and upfront about everything that, that they're planning on this year. You know, it's a console launch year for them and... They want to make sure people are aware. Uh, it's a, Essentially, it's going to be monthly updates uh, on Series X, new games, and more. And unfortunately, we got to wait till July for first-party stuff. But granted, we did get to see some third-party stuff. But uh, Xbox 2020, a program of monthly updates of Future of Xbox, uh, per the gaming marketing uh, CVP, Jarrett West, he said, starting with the May 7th episode of Inside Xbox, we will be showcasing what happens next in the world of Xbox every month, which is why we're calling it Xbox 2020. These monthly moments will take place throughout the rest of the year and will be a way for us to engage, connect, and celebrate with you about what's in store for the next generation of gaming, including what's next for Xbox Series X, Xbox Game Studios, Xbox Game Pass, and Project X Cloud. Every month will bring something different. Stay tuned to Xbox Wire for more details. Uh, they also said uh, some other things about what was going to happen in the stream on Thursday, saying we'll be confirming games that utilize our new smart delivery, which ensures that you always play the best version of the games you own for your console across generations, and all the games you'll be see with the Xbox Series X optimized, meaning they're built to take advantage of the powerful Xbox Series X features, that make games look and feel incredible, including 4K resolution at up to 120 frames per second. Direct storage hardware, accelerated DirectX ray tracing, super fast load times, and much more. And uh, like I said, uh, that's going to be, uh, that was May 7th, so that was last week, Thursday. Uh, June is still unannounced. And uh, I think, I remember reading somewhere that that might be hardware focused. And then July will be, of course, uh, first-party stuff. So Xbox Game Studios, uh, of course, Halo Infinite, 
what's coming from uh, I'm sure they'll touch more on what's going to happen um with ninjas uh god I can't uh, hellblade 2 I can't even think today and um wastelands 3 flight simulator things like that I'm sure they'll talk about xcloud but that that's all in July that's all in July let's focus on what happened this week and we did get to see some gameplay a lot of cinematic stuff and a lot of people actually really pissed about that and um, we'll talk about some things that Aaron Greenberg said later uh, they showed off 13 games uh, some of which are exclusive some of which are not uh, of course we got to see gameplay with air quotes here of Assassin's Creed Valhalla we got to see this really cool game that's being made by one dude called Bright Memory Infinite, and looks really cool. It's actually already available on Steam and Early Access. This game, uh, the one that releases on the console, though, will be a full, uh, the full game. Uh, this really interesting adventure game called Call of the Sea. Uh, it's got some cartoonish elements to it, but that that's okay. That's kind of how adventure games are lately. Uh, this other cool game called Chorus, which is a space combat game, and that is coming next year. Uh, Dirt 5, our first look at Codemasters next um, next setting. Uh, unfortunately, not really any gameplay so much as what we got was in-engine footage. And, and granted, that's somewhat indicative of what the game will look like. It's not actual play playthrough. We got the dumbest Madden announcement ever that barely showed anything. And it was just like a gag reel, essentially. Not a gag reel, but like a sizzle reel of, of highlights from 21 with uh, some Patrick Mahomes sprinkled in. And I, I'm sure, though, when EA has their event next month, that will be somewhat of a, a showcase of what it will really look like. A new Bandai Namco game that has some like anime stuff. Looks okay. Uh, it's called Scarlet Nexus. I'm, I can't wait to see how more of that comes. Then this really crazy horror game that looks super inspired by, like, H.R. Uh, Geiger, who is the guy who designed, like, a lot of the stuff for Alien, and that's called Scorn. Very sexualized game, I will say this, or the trailer at least was. Uh, the One of the games that really caught my attention is from Avalanche. It's called Second Extinction. It's a co-op shooter where you go back to Earth to, to kill off like a second arrival of dinosaurs or something like that. That one looks really cool. I can't wait to see more of that. Another game called The Ascent, which is like a top-down, I think it's an RPG, uh, like futuristic, neo-future, uh, cyberpunk-esque setting, and uh, it will be alone or co-op. Uh, they said it's almost like Diablo, but in a cyberpunk setting, so that that's really cool. The, the trailer for that looks really cool. The gameplay looks solid. Uh, a new horror game called The Medium uh, looks pretty interesting. We got some some playthrough at the end of a, a nice cinematic trailer. No fucking clue what's going on with that game, though. Uh, we got an announcement for Vampire the Masquerade, which is Bloodlines 2. And, uh, and then, which was a very shocking and a surprise for an Xbox event was the new seventh Yakuza game, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is more RPG-focused now than before. Those were all the games that were shown off. People were upset 
to say the least. That now, granted, I didn't care that much because all they ever said was this is just showing off third-party games. This is showing off third-party games. And when they say gameplay, that's a load of shit because every time they say gameplay at E3, I don't care whose stage you're on, half the time it, 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 it it's not... Um, it's not really like actual gameplay. It's a vertical slice usually, and it's never indicative of the real thing, like ever. It's rare that a game or the preview or whatever shown off ever ends up looking like what was shown off at E3, and, and, and somehow gamers always fall for it. Always. Always. Um, it prompted Aaron Greenberg, though, the general manager of Xbox Games Marketing, and said, uh, granted, and it, it's big to see a company do this almost immediately. And uh, he said, had we not said anything and just shown May inside Xbox show like we did last month, I suspect reactions might have been different. Clearly, we set some wrong expect expectations, and that's on us. We appreciate all the feedback, and it can assure you we will take it all in and learn as a team. And that was his tweet the, the following day. Uh, he also said that um, expected fans to want more, and more is definitely what we plan to give them. Following up with that, like I said, in July is when first-party stuff is going to get shown off, and it sucks we got to wait that long. If you're going to watch any of, the, any of these trailers, though, from, from the stuff that was shown off, I would advise you to watch them separately on YouTube as opposed to from the whole stream in general, because um, unless you have a way to beef up those stream videos it's it's not always easy because a lot of that stuff is pre-recorded and it, it's compressed a lot of those trailers have been released online on their own so i would give them a watch because they do look better that way granted a lot of them again are vertical slices and uh i'm not saying that that i'm, I'm not trying to cover for them i'm just trying to say like people need to realize that we're months away from the release of a lot of these things. We don't even know what things look like running 100% on the console. And we don't know what first-party stuff looks like. These are third-party people. So they're not being able to... to I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying at this point. But some of the stuff looks really good. Some of it doesn't. But it's up to you. It's third-party. It's not first-party. At the end of the day, consoles are mostly judged on their first-party. So... We'll leave it at that. And and of course they shut off more Valhalla for Assassin's Creed. And yeah, I'm, I'm hooked. I don't care. At the end of the day, I'm going to buy it. I get to play as a Viking. And I get to customize my beard and tattoos. And double wield an axe. Like, I you don't I don't care what it looks like at this point. As If it looks like Odyssey or Origins. Hell, if it looks like Assassin's Creed 2, I don't care. It's an Assassin's Creed game where I play as a Viking. Like, at the end of the day, I'm buying that game regardless, okay? Like, that, there's no need to convince me in, in that regard. <laughs> but moving on, uh, we did get our first look at the next-gen Lord of the Rings game based around Gollum. Uh, it will be focused more on the books, and it's like a stealth action game. But uh, looks interesting, a little bit more of a cartoonish look as opposed to some of the Lord of the Rings games we've been used to from Monolith. Granted, those were more based on the Jackson films. This is more on the books. We also got confirmation during an Activision earnings call that Warzone will be making the leap to next gen. Uh, but 
also a new Call of Duty will come next year. So I guess maybe that won't have a Battle Royale as they shift the Battle Royale focus. Since Blackout did not do anywhere near the levels that Warzone is doing. Um, just a reminder, Warzone is free. So if you want to hop in on that, you do not have to buy Call of Duty to play it. It's pretty fun. I get bored with Battle Royale pretty quickly just because it's way too chaotic. But that's up to you. I mean, really. Uh, also announced, Vader Immortal will be going to PlayStation VR later this year. I was exclusive to the Oculus for quite a while. But now, announced, it will be coming in its entirety to be PSVR. You won't have to wait for it to be episodic like it was for its original release. Uh, this is also part of everything that was announced um, during uh, Star Wars May the 4th, Star Wars Day celebrations. Also announced for later this year is LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Um, granted, I think they showed off a trailer last year at E3. Uh, this will be all of the movies in one game. And they're promising some kind of large battle type thing. I, I don't know how you're going to do that in a Lego game. And uh, we got new DLC for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It ha adds a, a new game plus mode. It adds some new uh, customization options. It was It's all free. And uh, Respawn announced as part of their May the 4th celebration. Uh, it unlocks cosmetics and combat challenges. Uh, you can get them through meditation points. They take place on different planets featured in the game. And uh, there is a trailer for it. It's, um, yeah, some new stuff. Uh, challenges also include unique parameters like no healing or take no damage. And there's also a new battle grid system that allows you to create your own challenges. And placing, uh, you can put enemies on a grid that you can cha challenge against. Uh, like I said, new cosmetics. A new Journey Plus mode, you get a new red lightsaber, and uh, it allows you to keep all of your skills and cosmetic skins from your last playthrough, and uh, yeah, that's all available now. Uh, we got some more cool stuff coming from Star Wars Day. Um, also part of that, uh, EA announced that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be the start of a new franchise, huh? How about that? That's pretty fucking cool. I mean, the writing was on the wall, though, for that at this point. It was like, obviously, that was going to be... It, it, it was gangbusters. It did gangbusters for them. So it's obviously going to be the start of a new franchise. And that's really cool, too, because it's only a few years after Re Revenge of the Sith, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, you still got plenty of time to go with the Rebellion and stuff and build off of Cal as a character... Granted, you're going to start getting yourself ham-fisted into certain things because why wasn't Cal around during the movies and, you know, all that nonsense. But, or, or, forget that I said but, or you can uh, bring in other characters and other stories. It doesn't necessarily have to be all about Cal, you know. That'd be interesting to see. Maybe we get a Rebel set game. Hey, hey. <laughs> Maybe. One could hope. One could hope. Also, uh, Bungie confirmed that Destiny 2 will be making its way to the next-gen consoles in some capacity. So, don't you need to worry about that. No worries, uh, as that will move on 
as it is a game as a service now and more of an MMO than it is a shooter. Uh, if you were hoping to go to Tokyo Game Show, unfortunately it has, it has been canceled. Uh, it will be replaced with digital events. And speaking of things that were canceled, EA has announced that their digital EA Play will be set for June. So June will be the time to see a, a lot of new EA properties and existing EA properties shown off for 2020 and beyond, especially with what will be coming to next-gen consoles later this fall. In movie game news... Kate Blanchett has been cast as Lilith in Borderland in the Borderlands film, which uh, I don't know anything about Borderlands, so I don't know if this is a good casting or not. So, there you go. That's for you to to muster with. Um. Also, uh, Nintendo was having a investor call or something, and they pretty much said that. The Switch is just barely through its halfway point. So the Switch will be around till at least 2023 at the latest. At the latest, 2023. So you don't have to worry about... Um, you don't have to worry about a Nintendo console launching anytime soon. So that's always good. Let's see if they take full advantage, though, of the Switch. And I pray to the gods that they make a Pokemon game that takes full advantage of the Switch with every fucking Pokemon, as we now know that the Dexit fiasco was all fake. And, for God's sakes, give us a Pokemon game where they fucking talk out of their mouths. Please. Nintendo, stop doing this. Hire a goddamn voice actor. You print money with Pokemon games. You could be you. You have enough money to be liquid for another forty years and not bring in a dime. Like, come on, make some cool investments. People want it. The franchise is getting old and tired. You got to do something to reinvent it. Put out a new Coliseum game. That'd be fucking cool. Anyway, anyway, for those of you excited for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, well, here's another reason to be excited. Uh, per the ratings report for Cyberpunk, you will now be able to customize your genitals. Uh, this is per the report from the ESRB. Players can select a gender and customize their character. Customization can include depictions of breasts, buttocks, and genitalia, as well as various sizes and combinations of genitals. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, it also says in-game purchases, CD Projekt Red, though, uh, it is referring to DLC expansions and not microtransactions. Uh, no microtransactions will be in the game, but you'll be able to, um, give yourself a giant penis or large breasts. Uh, they also said, uh, players can encounter events where they have the option to engage in sexual activities with other main characters or prostitutes. These brief sex scenes from a first-person perspective depict partially nude characters moaning suggestively while moving through various positions. Some scenes contain brief depictions of thrusting motions. Other scenes depict a character's head moving towards a partner's crotch. This is all per, per the ESRP. Oh my god. Hot Coffee 2.0, folks! And if you don't know what hot coffee is, then... 
I don't know why you're even listening to me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but I would definitely recommend looking up what the hot coffee fiasco was in, uh, in regards to Grand Theft Auto. Uh, the new game from Marcus Leto, who was the co-creator of Master Chief and Halo, Disintegration, uh, gets a new release date. It will release digitally only in June. And uh, they released a new story trailer where uh, you get to ride on like a hover cycle. Or I, I, I'm still very confused on the story, but granted, they want to keep it like that. And uh, something to do where you fight an opposing force. I, I, I don't know. It's a video game. Typical future stuff. Typical future stuff. And uh, what was really crazy is we got a new announcement in regards to Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat's getting story DLC, which I'm pretty sure is a first. It is called Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath, and it is a new expansion that will add brand new story content. It takes place right at the end of 11, so it's not like in the middle of the story. It's literally a continuation of the story. It is a new story that takes place right after, and it will take, uh, follow Shang Tsung, Nightwolf, and Fujin, Shiva, and Sindel, uh, mainly because you know they weren't really in Mortal Kombat 11 to begin with. And uh, after you beat Kronika, Raiden, and the uh, Liu Kang, they want to start a new timeline. Shang Tsung shows up, says some some crazy things, which means you have to go back in the past and change some of the other outcomes. And you know it's gonna de destroy the realms if if Shang Tsung doesn't do this. So. I, I don't know. They go back in time. Uh, also, new stages, new fatalities, friendships are back. Um, the new stages include the Deadpool and Soul Chamber. They're from older games. Uh, stage fatalities are making a comeback, as well as, uh, like I said, friendships are back, which were, have been absent for quite a while. And they're newly announced as well is the Combat Pack 2. And uh, the first three fighters are the uh, Shiva, who's a Shokan, Raiden's brother and the god of wind, Fujin, and dun 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 Robocop. That's right, punk. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. That's my, my terrible Robocop impression. They will... Uh, be available in Combat Pack 2. Uh, Shiva was last playable in Mortal Kombat 9. Uh, she was part of the story, but just a tiny bit. Uh, Fujin hasn't been a playable character since Armageddon, which was in 2006, Mortal Kombat Armageddon. Uh, he's been around in the background ever since. And Robocop, who is new. Peter Weller returns to do the likeness and voice, which is perfect. And... Uh, they said Robocop is a character who excels at keeping his opponents at bay with his Auto-9 pistol, flamethrower, riot shield, and shoulder cannon that can be loaded with various types of ammo. Oh, nice. Uh, new skin packs that will come over time. And you can pre-order or purchase Aftermath. Uh, releases on May 26th. If you already own MK11 in the first combat pack, there's a $40 upgrade pass that gets you all of the new content. And if you have uh, MK11 but not the combat pack, it will cost $49.99. Uh, and they will release a new version of the game called Aftermath Collection, which is regular Mortal Kombat, 
uh, the Combat Pack 1 and Aftermath expansion for $59.99. Physical versions will be available in June in the U.S. only. So, that is what's going on there. New Mortal Kombat stuff. And that is it, surprisingly, for video games. A lot, of, a lot going on this week compared to some past weeks. Let's uh, move on to TV here. And in the strangest bit of casting news I think I've seen all, all year, Nick Cage has been cast as Joe Exotic in a new scripted Tiger King series. Granted, it, it's not going to be the Joe at the park and all this. This is going to be about Joe and his legal stuff, so I don't know how exotic it will be. But Nick Cage as Joe Exotic. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I see it. It's, it's growing on me slowly but I, I i don't i don't totally see it but who knows this could turn out to be amazing and it's actually nick cage's first tv role how crazy is that huh that's nuts crazy uh, we also got a trailer finally for space force the new steve carell led show from the creators of the office about the space force a and it, it's uh it, it's definitely interesting i'll, I'll say that it looks a little more serious than The Office, but at the same time, it looks fucking great. And that premieres on Netflix on May 29th, so be on the, uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, also, how about this? If you guys are big fans of Black Mirror, don't expect another season anytime soon. The creator says the world is too bleak right now. <laughs> if the creator of Black Mirror is saying the world is too bleak, then the world is too bleak. Uh, he says that uh, he was interviewed by the Radio Times. Uh, his name is Charlie Brooker. And he said, at the moment, I don't know what stomach there would be for stories about societies falling apart. So I'm not working away on one of those. I'm sort of keen to revisit my comic skill set. So I've been writing scripts aimed at making myself laugh. And, um, yeah, he, he pretty much said that... It's too dystopian right now. The, the, the world of 2020 is too dystopian. How about that? That's crazy. Shitty things going on and everybody's down. We don't need more depressing things. That's for damn sure. I don't know how I forgot to talk about this last week, but the Parks and Rec reunion was on. It was a half hour of awesomeness and fit perfectly into Parks and Rec, even framed around the whole coronavirus thing with... With everyone kind of uh, grizzle calling each other. And if you're a big, big fan of Parks and Rec, you know what grizzle is. Anyway, Jerry was up to his normal self. Ron, of course, was being really funny. And him being married to Megan Mullally, who played one of the Tammies, was perfect as well. Because uh, she could get fit in. And they, they brought back a lot of the other, um, not main cast, but side characters like Councilman Jam, uh, Purd. And Joan Calamezzo, the, the talk show host. And it was interesting to see certain characters that are married in the show, but obviously because they're not married or together in real life, having them be off screen was, uh, was cool, but they, they fit it into the, the story. And overall, it was, it was actually very, very, very good. And I enjoyed it very much. And it was, it was a joy to see them all together again, albeit not together, but I, I just wish Parks and Rec was still on, and and it's unfortunate that it's not, and of course it, it did its time, but I can't wait to see 
if maybe they do a in-person reunion one day in the future because I think it would it would do very well it would definitely do very well and and this reunion was was 10 out of 10 perfect and speaking of of reunions and doing it via voice or uh, virtual chat the cast of community has announced um, except Chevy Chase will reunite for a virtual table read and Q&A to benefit charity. And uh, Donald Glover will actually be back as well. Like I said, no Chevy Chase. And this will be done on May 18th at 2 p.m. on Sony Pictures TV's uh, community YouTube page. So you can check it out there. You can submit your questions via social media using Ask Community, hashtag Ask Community, and tag at Community TV. And uh, it will help raise money for charity as well. And it will be a table read of the episode. Let me see. It is Season 5 Cooperative Polygraphy, which aired in January of 2014. And it was uh, essentially the the funeral for Chevy Chase's character, Pierce. Which is probably the reason that he's not going to be in the episode. Or uh, be part of this, but... There's other reasons for that. Um, and I guess Dan Harmon is in talks for a possible movie. Hey, six seasons in a movie, folks. They, they said it from the beginning. And conversations are happening that people would want to be happening about a reunion movie for NBC. And, you know, they always said six seasons in a, a movie. And he was interviewed by The Wrap. Uh, also said that Rick and Morty suggested that the long-awaited community movie could finally be happening and there's been a renewed interest in it Uh, he said i can tell people for sure that the enthusiasm for community both for all of this time and the resurgence of it on netflix there's always an aspect of that that affects the marketplace and when the marketplace gets affected conversations happen and when conversations happen things happen i mean when you're part of the community family you'll you'll learn never to raise expectations keep them nice and low and then be pleasantly surprised. So I can say that there are conversations happening that people would want to be happening, and that I'm very, very excited about the coming months. And it did have six seasons. So no seventh season, six seasons and a movie, folks. Community is one of my favorite shows. It is on um, it is on Netflix, so I would go check that out. It's just a, it's a fun, quirky cast of characters. It was very well written. If you like Rick and Morty, You'll understand some of it because Dan Harmon helped create it. So that is something uh, something interesting to check out. And speaking of Dan Harmon, uh, Chris Parnell, who is Jerry, Jerry on Rick and Morty, has announced that the cast has yet to start recording for season five. Granted, voice recording can be done a lot sooner rather than later, so I'm not worried there. There's still plenty of time before a potential fifth season could drop still in 2020. So I'm not worried, but I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. Uh, Also announced, uh, National Treasure will be getting, on top of the movie, the third movie that was previously announced, I think it was previously announced, I can't remember at this point, uh, Disney Plus will also be getting uh, some form of National Treasure content in the form of a television show, a scripted television show focusing on a younger cast of characters. And that will uh, be awesome. And now let's talk about the Star Wars TV news. 
that was announced on Star Wars Day, May the 4th. Uh, for one, we got the 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 drop of the first episode of the Star Wars documentary, Star Wars Gallery. Uh, this one's going to be on the making of The Mandalorian. And the second episode actually dropped Friday, so we have two already. Really cool. Get a lot of insight into the, the making of the show and the mindset behind the directors and some of the cast. And kind of what brought Jon Favreau together and why the directors love to do this and their interest in Star Wars and, and it was really interesting, especially to see Dave Filoni kind of get, um, kind of be the glue almost between all the episodes, which, which is awesome because Dave Filoni is, is the, the, the second best thing to happen to Star Wars with only George Lucas above him. And they said, all the directors said they could go to him to make sure that it was, it would fit Star Wars and that it would make sense story wise. And, and he's almost like, he's George 2.0 essentially and 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 that's a very 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 good thing and i am very excited to see where things are headed that's for sure uh he also brought up how how important the duel of fates is which if you think about it you know the fight with darth maul in episode one and if you think about it yeah it it, it is a pivotal moment in the saga because we go from Anakin potentially having a father figure in Qui-Gon and training him to having Obi-Wan taking over because Qui-Gon is killed. And a gap is now left and a void. And Obi-Wan does not fill that father figure spot, but a, a brotherly spot. Which completely changes the, the trajectory and the outcome of, of Anakin in his life. And you got to watch this to see it, because I'm doing an a, a injustice in my describing of it. Uh, also announced, it's official, Robert Rodriguez will be directing an episode of Season 2 of The Mandalorian, as well as Peyton Reed, who is uh, the director of the Ant-Man films. But uh, we'll also be getting a new show from the creator of Russian Doll, so that, that's been confirmed. And in the best possible Star Wars TV news, and I'm, I'm giddy like a fucking schoolboy right now, because since this was announced... Tamora Morrison is back as fucking Boba Fett. Granted, it's a small, small role, but I don't give a fuck. It's it's Boba Fett, who is now confirmed to be alive in the new Disney canon, folks. 100% Dave Filoni was just like, he's no good to me, did. You know, which is the scene that Boba Fett says to Darth Vader about Han Solo. A anyway, he's no good to me, did. Fucking Tamara Morrison is back as Boba Fett, baby. Fuck yeah. And maybe, maybe they'll bring him as, um, maybe they'll bring him as, as Rex as well. This is the best fucking thing ever. Oh my god, fucking Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Fuck yes, dude. So fucking cool. I'm so happy. I'm so goddamn happy. I can't wait now for October. I, I'm, but I'm still confused. Is the show still filming? Is it not filming? Was this done already? I don't understand, people. Was this done? Was it not done? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I want more now. I want more now. Ugh. 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 Anyway, uh, I signed up for Queeby and got just to watch Reno 911. Unfortunately, the episodes are only eight minutes long, but that's okay. 
what's really funny is seeing like all the cast interact with each other with people who didn't interact with each other in the original run of the show. And the other good thing is they're kind of all just, they were able to seamlessly blend in back to their characters. Like nothing ever stopped. The only person, the only person who's, who's a little off is uh, Cedric Yarborough who played Jones. And I, I think that's cause he's kind of been out of the acting world for the last couple of years or so, but everyone else has kind of been somewhat active. So it, it's nice to see them, it's like they never stopped and that's what's the best about it and I've probably watched like five or six episodes so far and if there's one thing I wish is that the show was on TV and had full half hour episodes because these eight minute ones could just fill I mean you you technically only have like four at the most like real episodes but hey I'll, I'll take Reno 911 where I can get it okay and the other cool thing is because it is on a mobile platform and yes, it sucks watching it on a phone screen. Uh, you can watch it in uh, landscape or portrait mode and some scenes actually will play out differently. If you put it in portrait mode, like uh, there's a, a scene where if you're watching in landscape, you're, you're seeing the, the deputies in their car, but they're being harassed by a bunch of people outside filming on their phone. And if you watch in portrait mode, you see it from their perspective. So, that is really uh, interesting. It's a different aspect to watching a program. Um, unfortunately, like I said, it, it is on a mobile platform and it's not full episodes. But hey, it's Reno 911 and I'm happy. And it is it is solid. It is solid for sure. Uh, also launched this week on Hulu is Solar Opposites, the new show from Justin Roiland. And um, oh, what's his name? Hold on. And, uh, Mike, Mike McCann. And who's also doing a, a animated Star Trek show. But anyway, uh, he helped create uh, Solar Opposites, Justin Roiland. This is pretty much a version of what I would I would say it's Rick and Morty on steroids and reckless abandon. It is very violent. It is uncensored, so it's language abound. It's about four aliens that end up on Earth after leaving their planet, which was destroyed. And just their interactions with, with humanity. And it's fucking great. And and like I said, if, if Rick and Morty just existed with reckless abandon, which they already do, you, you can see how extreme this is. I, I explained it to a friend who asked me about it. And I said that um, pol Solar Opposites is... Hold on. Where did I say... It's Rick and Morty unhinged, right? So, uh, yeah, exactly. I would definitely check it out, especially if you love Rick and Morty. You're going to love Solar Opposites. There's there's no, no questioning that for sure. And speaking of Rick and Morty, this episode this week, um, you know, I'm cutting in here for, on Monday just to talk about Rick and Morty here. Uh, interesting. It's very alien-focused and some weird side stories about parasitic creatures. Uh, somehow they find a way to have both a 9-11 and a um, Pearl Harbor joke. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was saying, you know, yesterday when I was talking doing this, I was talking about Solar Opposites being Rick and Morty with Reckless Abandon and Unhinged. Kind of got a version of Rick and Morty in, in that this week in, in their slaying of certain people. 
But uh, I don't know. It was it was probably one of the episodes this season that was uh, subpar in my opinion. I just it didn't it wasn't as compelling as some of the other ones. It gave Summer a nice story, but I mean, not every Rick and Morty episode is perfect. So it's it's um a little down at the end, I would say. But that that's okay. Again, not 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 everyone is going to be perfect. But that's it on Rick and Morty. Um, okay, and we're done with TV there. Let's talk about what's going on in the movie world, folks. And the coolest news ever from Sylvester Stallone. And yes, you heard me correctly. Sylvester Stallone and coolest movie news ever. Fucking Demolition Man 2, people. Demolition Man 2. Two is coming. Maybe Wesley Snipes, but he's dead. Uh, I hope Sandra Bullock. That's for damn sure. And Dennis Leary. Better be in it too. And I better find out what the fuck is going on with those goddamn seashells. Please tell us, Sly. And what's gonna... What would a Demolition Man 2 be like? Because obviously... The Cocteau method is out. And, uh, you know, 90s awesomeness is back. And, I don't know, he said it's in the works. He's been writing it. I can't even fathom what it would be. Will it be some weird 90s retro future thing where everybody kind of goes back to normal and they listen to, like, actual music and not commercial jingles? Is Taco Bell still going to be the the number one restaurant? Still going to be the number one restaurant? These are questions I need answered, folks. These are questions I need answered. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Uh, Tom Cruise and Elon Musk have announced that they are going to be filming the first movie in space. And they're going to be filming it on the ISS. Wonder when that's actually going to happen, for real. Um... Also got news that Bright 2 is nearing in on a director as David Ayer had to drop out of directing duties. He did write it. Uh, Will Smith and, and Joel Egerton will be back uh, for the sequel. That is a, a amazing world I want to know more about. Uh, you know, it was a world where fantasy and reality merged in L.A. Definitely something I, I would love to consume. The first one was great. I really enjoyed it. You know, an ogre cop and a real cop in... Uh, 2018 California um, also got news on the Russo brothers uh, live-action Hercules they did confirm that what they were they are doing it and uh, they spoke with Collider saying I think you always have to bring something new to the table because from our perspective as storytellers it's not compelling for us to do a literal translation we've already done that with our Marvel films we don't do literal translations of the comics because we feel like if you want that story You can go read that story. We're going to give you a different story. I think we'll do something that's in the vein of the original and inspired by it, but we'll also bring some new elements to the table. And uh, we can't say one way or the other. Music will certainly be a part of it. Good, because Hercules has some of the best music. Beat the odds. I can go the distance. I know every mile be worth my while. I can do most uh-huh, to be where I belong. You guys go, you can listen to my terrible singing 
off key, not even doing the right words. Um, but I still stand by. Bring Danny DeVito back as Phil. Or if you're going to do a new direction, the only other person I think who could play him is Larry David. That's it. I will only accept one of those two men. That is it. <laughs> and how about this? This is somewhat expected and not a, a unexpected. The Avatar sequels have cost a billion dollars to produce. Good luck making your money back. That's all. That's, yeah. And um, Neve Campbell confirmed she's in talks about a potential Scream 5. So that's pretty fucking cool. As long as it's not going to be a reboot. No need for that. Because Scream is a great horror movie. Anyway. Or slasher flick. However you would want to describe it. Uh, some Star Wars news out of uh, Star Wars Day. And um, surprisingly, Josh Trank got a little candid. Uh, he was being interviewed by uh, Polygon. They did a big profile on him. And he talked about how he kind of quit the, the Boba Fett movie like right before it was supposed to be announced. I was actually at the Star Wars celebration and I was going to the panel that it was going to be announced at, and that's where Gareth Edwards came out and announced Rogue One. Uh, Josh Trank was supposed to be there, but um, he said that he... It, it, Kathleen Kennedy uh, essentially said, he's such an incredible talent and has a great imagination and a sense of innovation that makes him perfectly suited to Star Wars. That's when they first announced it, before it was official that it was Boba Fett. And... Uh, right before he's going to come out, they said he had the worst flu of his life. Now he says, I quit because I knew I was going to be fired if I didn't quit. And uh, that he had departed the film to pursue some original creative opportunities. Um, it was also, it was it, that was one of the first people to leave a Star Wars project. Obviously, as time went on, things, um, you know, didn't go that way. And he knew that Essentially, um, they weren't. He wasn't gonna do what they wanted, and and unfortunately, that that's the reason why. I mean, he knew that, um, and it also kind of stemmed from his kind of failures on Fantastic Four. Um, he kind of knew that after that stuff had reached the mainstream audiences and and the world that you know, Kathleen Kennedy would probably back down on him. And he kind of talked about why he, he kind of admits why he failed. And uh, he also gave a lot of praise to James Gunn and things like that. And uh, he said he wasn't a fan of superhero films, despite making that movie Chronicle with uh, Michael B. Jordan and stuff that kind of was a superhero film. He told Polygon that the tone of Fantastic Four should be like, uh, should not be like that of the Avengers. And, um, but the writer, um, Jeremy Slater tried to push for it to be like that. And he tried to get, uh, Trank to be more into the comics. And he said, Josh just did not give a shit. Um, and obviously that didn't end up well. And Trank admits with, with his interview with Polygon, he said, what I tried to do with Fantastic Four was so arrogant for somebody who hadn't really gotten the handle of his own skill set as a filmmaker to do that kind of stuff with it. Uh, he also told The Hollywood Reporter this. Um, he also said he felt bitter. He said, now I'm able to enjoy them. I definitely felt bitter right when Fantastic Four came out. 
and it was a bitterness toward that genre. I felt very bitter, and I felt outcasted from a group of cool filmmakers that are making those movies in a successful way. I probably felt bitter toward people who I have enormous respect for, like James Gunn, who was miraculously able to make Guardians of the Galaxy both a massive four-quadrant crowd-pleaser, but at the same time a very personal, altruistic, idiosyncratic, and crazy film. I just felt bitter toward all of that. He also said uh, he has a lot of respect for uh, James Gunn and Ryan Coogler and Peyton Reed, as well as visual genius Zack Snyder. He said, Gunn's taken that genre and shown us that with the right, capable, confident mind, that it can be turned into something that is unpredictable, interesting, and so cinematic on every level. Uh, why I bring up James Gunn is an example of somebody I find to be very inspiring while he's doing things that are totally different than where I'm going, is that I aspire to someday end up in a place where I found my own type of James Gunn home, like he has found and now has. And he just talked about how I think he realized that he kind of dropped the ball and probably handled things wrong, and unfortunately, um, it led to a different path for him, but... Boba Fett's coming to the Mandalorian, folks. And uh, while we did get that, what we did get in official news from uh, from Lucasfilm, and unfortunately this is probably at the expense of the Akira film, Taika Waititi will be directing a feature-length Star Wars film, people. Taika is going to direct fucking Star Wars. Hell yeah, people. Fucking Taika. Uh, yes, this is going to be amazing. I wonder where it's going to be set or what it's going to be about. And if it's anything like like Thor Ragnarok, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Because it will be different. And we don't have to worry about it tying in directly to the Skywalker saga. And hopefully Thor Love and Thunder will be an awesome hit for him as well. I can't fucking wait. I ain't fucking leaving. No, I can't fucking wait. Taika is amazing. And he is a, a gift to the human race, that is for sure. But that is it for film and what's going on in the movie land. Let's, uh, we've just got a couple more things to talk about. Uh, Disney has announced that uh, they've lost a billion dollars due to the park closures. Uh, their earnings are down 63%, which is nuts, man. Um, Shanghai Disney opened this past Friday, though. I don't know yet how that went and it they're using it as a model to see how they can do for the rest of the world in the u.s so hopefully we'll know more that was that's uh, pretty interesting though to to see how much money they rely on from the parks um also if uh you're bored at home these last couple weeks uh starting last week every week a chapter of harry potter of the first book will be read by a celebrity uh, it's called harry potter at home You'll be able to find it online. Uh, the first chapter was read by, fittingly, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, also announced include uh, David Beckham, Dakota Fanning, Eddie Redmayne, uh, Nama Dumizweni. I think I'm saying her name right. She plays Hermione in, uh, or she did play Hermione in the live-action uh, play of The Cursed Child in London. And the best person to read a chapter will be Stephen Fry, one of the best British voices on the planet, if you ask me. And what's good about that is he actually reads the British audio version of the Harry Potter novel. So he'll be right at home reading uh, a chapter from the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on where you live. 
And in the spirit of that, it was also announced that Andy Serkis will be reading The Hobbit for charity. I wonder if he'll do his Golem voice at all. Wait, is Golem even in The Hobbit? I don't think so. Anyway, anyway, uh, last bit of stuff here. Um, Finally came in, was a few months late, but the Batman 80th anniversary crate from Loot Crate finally arrived. And let me get that real quick. Uh, yeah, so this this crate was supposed to come out last year for Batman's 80th anniversary, but obviously, uh, you know, Loot Crate was going through their struggles that I talked about. Uh, supposed to get this really cool uh, varsity jacket as well, but that that's a little delayed. That's going to come at the end of the month. I thought it was missing because, like, I got, like, a pretty damaged box, and I didn't read my emails till like, the last possible minute um, to see that it's coming later. But uh, it came with this really cool Batman Raglan shirt. And it's funny because every Batman shirt I've gotten from Loot Crate has been a Raglan. Uh, It also came with some uh, Killing Joke themed socks. Uh, One sock is Batman, one is the Joker, uh, based off the Killing Joke animations. Uh, Two really nice tumbler glasses. Again, one with the Joker, one with the Batman, as Joker is always tied in with Batman. Uh, the one letdown is the Batman 80th anniversary playing cards. They're they're very basic and very uninspired, and they they use um, they use different comic covers throughout the past for different playing card suits and everything. But it it's the same covers over and over. Like you got 80 years worth of Batman covers, people. Like use some different ones. Jesus. Uh, the Batman Rogues Gallery pen set, and uh, there's three pens. One is the Joker's cane, one is the Penguin's umbrella, one is Harley Quinn's hammer. Uh, also, a Batarang scale replica set that all come with little stands, um, and they all represent different eras of Batman and his Batarangs. And what is probably the coolest thing in here, um, I can't wait for the jacket to see how that turns out, but it's a Batmobile pin set. And it's three nice pins of, of different Batmobiles. Uh, there's the old Batmobile from like the 40s. I want to say one that looks like from the 70s. And then, of course, the Batman animated series Batmobile. And then also a nice little USB bat signal uh, as well. In terms of specialized crates, not the best from, from Loot Crate. A little disappointed overall. Um, they've done better in the past. And I'm a little frustrated with them that, you know, they, they want to be seen as, like, the best in the market for this stuff. But then they put out specialized crates like this that cost a lot more than their average crate. And the quality of stuff is a little on the lower end. Especially the pens. And granted, it's really nice to get Batman stuff that you can't get anywhere else. So that, that is a plus, don't get me wrong. But when it it's a really cool something that you can't get anywhere, but the quality is kind of low, there's a trade-off. And it's like, did, am I really getting my money's worth here? Or did I just pay for the varsity jacket? So, you know, I, I'd give it a 6 out of 10 overall. Because the socks are cool, the shirt's cool, the pins are cool, the batter rings are cool. But the cards were let down. The USB bat signal is kind of lame the pens are of low quality and the jacket was delayed but you know what i I, it's whatever 
everything got delayed even more because of all the COVID stuff. So at the end of the day, it's whatever. But that's it for Nick's Nerd News. And uh, I didn't talk about this at the beginning, but this is our, our two-year anniversary, folks. This is, we have been, we have been, I have been talking at you for two years now. And there's no danger of me stopping. I am going to keep powering through and chugging along to bring you my sultry voice for you to listen to. Uh, no no big theatrics for this. Uh, we'll do it next week just because it kind of crept up on, on everything. And, you know, Mother's Day was today, so I didn't really get to plan a whole lot uh, to focus. But uh, thank you guys for listening for the last two years. Um, I know it's just a few episodes shy of, a, of our 100th episode, so it they kind of go hand in hand. But, again, thank you guys for listening. Please check out nixnerdnews.com where you guys can uh, ask, ask me questions. You can uh, find all of our social media pages. You can li- listen to the show right in your browser. You can also find links to our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcast pages where you can like and subscribe. <laughs> um, like I said, social media is there, so you can find our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all in one place. My Google Assistant went off in the background. Anyway, just thank you guys for being here. And uh, here's to another two years and, and beyond. And uh, thank you guys for listening. I will catch you on the flip side.